Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Welcome to Straight Talk, Clear Decisions with Rick Saylor and co-host Eric Hamburg. As an investor, you should know what you're buying and what you're really holding. We'll demystify investing and lay it all out for you in easy-to-understand terms. Now, here's Rick and Eric. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Well, hello, I'm Rick. And I'm Eric. And we are your transparent wealth management hosts. Welcome to our show. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, my friend. It is. It's Friday. It's been a good week, and we live in uh, southwestern Ohio, and we were just talking with our technician, our engineer, Brad, uh, who's in lovely Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, he's going to have that that crosswinds of the, what is it, the the golf tournament and the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl next weekend. You know, we don't have a dog in the fight, so... We'll watch it on TV. <laughs> We're trying to make sure we have enough air in the in the ball over here. You know, we can't. Yeah, we can't. We can't let these these footballs get deflated next Sunday. No, heavens no, heavens no. And you know, here's here's my question. I mean, what a lame excuse because both sides, both teams were playing with the same ball. They were no, they weren't actually. Oh, they weren't. Each each team, each offense has their own ball. So Colts was playing with their own ball on offense, and Patriots they play with their own ball on offense. Uh huh. So that's why. After they cut there, there the controversy. You know what I liked? Um, what's the tight end's name? Gronkowski. I liked his excuse. Why the balls were deflated? He said he spiked them too many times in the end zone. He said I must have put the air out. <laughs> wow, well, I'm gonna tell you what. Belch. That's that's a pretty long lineup. You know what? <laughs> I don't know if I want to try to, to trench that out. <laughs> that's gonna take more than a backhoe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, leave it to the Patriots. They, they certainly are a dynasty, but it seems like every time we turn around, they're they're like reading people's lips and they're picking up their electronic communications. And I mean, uh, everybody looking for an edge. They are. You wonder about that in the world of money. You know, are they doing that with your money? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows a, who? And you know, we we've been doing this. I'm now entering my thirty second year. And I just look at all the data points and all the information and the feeds we get just to make the most informed decision as we can. And we're not always right. Mm-mm. The best money managers in the world aren't right every single time. No. What, are they, what did we just see that on the options at about half the time? Half the time. The best are, are right 40 to 50% of the time. If somebody's telling you more than that, then, you know, exit, stage yeah. left. If your gut's telling you something different, it's probably right. Yeah, I mean, nobody, we're looking at everything we've got you. There's so many unknowns. I know that we were looking at, uh, you know, some of the little news here, or big news, is that, you know, the European Central Bank, the ECB, and you've also heard the European Common Union, um, decided to do quantitative easing and actually exceeded expectations. So most recently, that's why we're seeing some bounce in the market. But, you know, we kind of suspected that because, again, looking at, uh, you know, demographics, we know that the United States is the only economy here that's growing, and, and we're not, we don't have enough 46-year-olds for peak consumptive spending. So we're not setting the world on fire. Mm-hmm. 90, 92 million baby boomers have migrated forward into a saving, paring down their debt, and spending more on health care for the rest of their lives. So we know in about five years from now, your generation, 80 million millennials, start turning 46 again. Yep. You know, and so we, we fully expected you know the the ECB to come out with stimulus. Yeah, there was, well, they're expecting. We know they're contracting. If we're the biggest uh, biggest consumer in the world and the biggest economy, they're the biggest consumptive block. You know, so they're contracting. China's contracting. They're all fighting to try to keep their numbers and, and keep from deflating. Yep. 
And that's what it was. I can't be surprised. They were asking for we were we were thinking somewhere around fifty billion U.S. dollars are going to be printed each month, and they I came think out. no fifty billion euros. Euros, okay, somewhere. and it ended up being it was about fifty-eight 60. billion and U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. um, and turned out being sixty on top of what they already had. So by September, I think I saw they're going to have about one point two trillion. So the the total program runs eighteen months, year and a half. So they're going to be over two trillion dollars. They're going to carry on their books, mm-hmm. and so I mean, every time we've seen that. We saw it happen in Japan. We saw it happen. Of course, China continues to manipulate their currency and do fantastic, fantabulous, wonderful things. <laughs> and, um, you know, in the United States, when we quantitatively eased over the last six years and all the programs we've done, it caused stocks to go up. You know, the question still belies, you know, does it actually help your economy? Well, it can stave off a sell-off. That's true. You know, because if you look, we talked about this before, if you look at the, the charts, you know, the 1929 scenario certainly was in play, according to our demographics research group, which, by the way, uh, today's program, of course, is, you know, uh, just illustrative in nature. We're educating here. Uh, this is Don't construe this as advice, please. You know, you should always seek, uh, you know, competent investment tax or legal advice in in, in you know, consult with somebody, you know, professional in real estate and everything else. Uh, some of the things that we're going to say are going to be forward-looking. We do rely on a group, you know, the HS Dent demographics, and we had Rodney Johnson on a few weeks ago. That'd be a good replay to go back and listen to. Love demographics because that whole combination of human behavior with finance is just an incredible, incredible science. And like any science, it's not always right, but it's more right than it's wrong, and it helps us determine these macro trends, as we call them. So, again, these are it's a good thing to, to keep in mind when you're listening to the show. And our broker-dealer, National Planning Corporation, is separate and an unrelated company from us as any of these others are our partners. Uh, and, I, and I just think when we talk about these things, Eric, you know, the holistic approach makes so much sense. I, I, I truly, truly, truly don't understand, especially – I know we've had a big change in our practice and that we – uh, you know, our partners that we always consulted with, we've now looked at our tax services and we have partnered with Mark Alberts and Charlene Burrell, a local firm. And we've known Mark for five years. You've known the family for longer than that. And Mark's a CPA. We'll have him on the show here soon. Uh, but I mean, because of the Affordable Care Act, I mean, how, the, the the rules of the game have changed, just like Nancy Pelosi said. Let's pass it so we can see what's in it. This is an onion with no center. Yep. We keep peeling it. It keeps on revealing new, new surprises, and the stakes are too high. So, you know, we've said to all, and we continue to make that narrative to our clients that, uh, you know, the knowledge base and your, what you're getting is is a lot better um, in terms of knowledge and everything else and expertise, and it's the same value. It is, and you know, the, the tax landscape is going to change, and you better be hooked up with somebody or be constantly being updated with the new updates because you might think, you know, your investment income isn't subject to certain taxes. Well, now the whole the whole game, the whole field is changing. You think you're deferring well, something. Well, unless you like paying more taxes. We're not in that camp, I don't so think. So we could, we could say, you know, if you're out there and you like paying more taxes, call us and explain to us. You know, we'll take that question on the air. Uh, call us and explain to us why you like paying more taxes. <laughs> I think the phone lines will be black on that one. I don't think they're going to light up. But... um you know, our show today is kind of interesting, you know, and it, it dovetails. We're going to touch on all the areas of the holistic wealth management firm. And again, uh, we think that's important, you know, just like Steve Jobs created that model with, with uh, Apple to mitigate the dysfunction between the pieces. 
you know, you've got investment services that are fee-based or commissioned, you know, whichever is best for you and the solution you have. You have um, taxes, both tax planning and preparation. Um, like Rick just mentioned, we've partnered up with a local CPA to be that expert in the tax field because taxes and investments are more and more common going hand in hand. It's not just what you make, it's what you keep. Yep. And I would say that in the world of keep, uh, insurance risk management, you know, make sure you got the right coverages and make sure you're paying a fair amount for it because and getting the services that you deserve. Uh, because there's a, you know, it takes your entire life to build your wealth. It would only take one slip. You know, here we have ice in Cincinnati. So, I mean, you slip, hit somebody, they think they hit the lottery. Yep. So you've got to be constantly checking that. The last, the last pillar is estate planning. So we partner with both estate planning attorneys and elder law attorneys. Like Rick mentioned, you lived your life, you saved your money, you grew your assets. The last thing you want to see happen is your estate gets passed to somebody who you don't love, meaning it gets passed to the hospitals or the attorneys or the courts. Make sure your estate is set up correctly and the beneficiaries truly get what they're deserved to get. So today's show, we're going to talk about an interesting topic, um, eight hidden risks that could destroy your retirement. And as I think about those, you know, you know, if you're recently retired or you're retiring anytime soon, you know, you need to know something that's important, that these things are lurking there. And the complexity of retirement planning, this is a new game. I like to refer to this as the paranormal retirement because we are not in a typical time period. For example, we talk about, you know, we have not seen this level of deflationary pressures, you know, in our lifetime since probably 1929 in the 30s. So it really was that scenario. And if you want to go back and look at the history of that, actually the HS Dent Group predicted that mm -hmm. in the 90s, by the way. Um, now we look at that, we still are faced with those same kind of pressures. And you just think of it, you know, when you're buying on credit, you're multiplying the risks, the bubble. So uh, in 1929, it was on automobiles. And in today's dollars, you know, average car, 25000 we were leveraged. You know, that's the first time we went into debt for a want. Well, this time it was on housing. Well, the, the leverage was 10 times that. So the amount of credit that was extended was like 250000 So by all means, you look, if you let the market deflate, it, would have, it could have dropped worse than it did in 1929, which was like mm -hmm. an 83% sell-off. Yeah. Because the leverage was greater. We were 10 times that leverage. So what we've done in the printing of money and the quantitative easing and the things that have been happening – they pose risks overall to the market, but I don't, you know, again, it's staved off a sell-off. Now the question is, what do you do with the credit card debt? Yeah, or Which student is, loan debt. Yeah, it uh, just goes on and on here. So, I mean, some of these things, if you don't get this right, it could decimate your entire life savings. And at the end of the game here, you don't have a lot of time to recover that. You know, you could, you could lose tens of thousands of dollars and even force you, heaven forbid, to return to the workforce. I don't think that's in anybody's game plan. Mm-hmm. You know, but the biggest problem is most people don't even see them coming, Eric. They get blindsided. Yeah. Well, you know, one of them is, let's say, Rick, let's say you're ready to retire. But guess what? You don't have a strategy as to how, when, and where you're going to withdraw income from in retirement. Doing these could cost you thousands, I mean thousands of dollars in unnecessary fees, penalties, and taxes. Guess what? That's a risk. Sure it is. Well, let's say, Eric, you've been good at saving and you've been good at investing for retirement, but you really don't have any plan. So you're just kind of hoping that, you work, that this works out. So you haven't done a financial plan. You don't have a strategy, and you're not, so you don't have anything to baseline it on. 
So it's to make your money actually work for you and to generate income in retirement because you're going from a paycheck to a playcheck. You know, you got to think about this. This isn't 1981 when the interest rates are 21%. They're a fraction of that. They're under 1%. Now, that's a risk. Yep. Or did you know that the average 65-year-old couple is expected to spend $250,000 in health care and medical expenses? Did you save an extra quarter million dollars to cover these expenses? Guess what? That's another risk. Well, you know, we're just touching on these now, but this is, uh, this is what we're going to be looking at at the show um, is, you know, the eight of these. Now, if we kind of take these and let's summarize these, you know, the first one that I think about here is, um, is longevity. And we'll drill down on that. But, you know, what happens? This is, there was a recent poll done last April uh, that said the number one concern among to baby boomers risk-wise was that at 69% was that they would outlive their money. Well, that's longevity. Yep. So we'll drill down on some of those aspects. Second one is higher taxes. You know, this is inevitable. Death and taxes, we know they're coming. We have to be able to plan and maneuver around the tax code. Yeah, and who thinks they're going down? I mean, you heard if you heard the State of the uh, Union address from O, then you know... It looks like an oh no, right? Because he says, okay, we're just going to go after these evil wealthy people. Well, I, I, I got to believe he's smarter than that, that he knows you can't get all the taxes, let's say, necessary mm-hmm. for the government to run. If you took 100% of what the 1% made, you can't run the government. I think it would run it for like 56 days. It's still not enough. You got to come down to the middle class. Well, we're looking at this huge exploding group there. Eric, there are 10,000 baby boomers every day turning 65 for the next 17 years, just like a train coming through the station, you know, and up on the far end, they're paying more for health care. I don't see how we provide these services and don't raise taxes on a pay as you go system. The next one here is kind of dovetails into that. You got inflation. They call it the cost of living, call it what you want. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty tame right now because, again, we've been fighting deflationary source, uh, forces. And this is not all bad. I mean, deflationary forces I mean prices are dropping. As long as you've got the money to go buy stuff, hey, things are going on sale, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but, again, inflation ultimately will not stay down forever. You know, for a while there, we had oil at over $100 a barrel. And now we're here, we're down by 50, 60%. Yeah. You know, so uh, we're seeing some reverse forces. But again, inflation doesn't ever go away. And I think it, we use about four, four and a quarter percent in our plans. Yep. 4.35. Even though the inflation, the, the CPI is under two. Yeah. Next one is long term care. This goes into the longevity aspect of it is the longer we live, the better chance that we're going to need some sort of care, whether that's in a facility or in, um, in your home. So either planning for it, because if you have long-term care insurance, yes, it's a, it is a very complicated world, but at least you're not going to be paying everything out of your pocket. And if you think you're going to self-insure and the cost of medical and health care just keeps going up, you're just adding more to, you know, more money to the system. Yeah. And what was the, the second risk at 63% with baby boomers last April and that poll was that they would have a medical expense that, the, that was not sustainable they couldn't pay for. So, I mean, those are real concerns, and we'll drill down on some of that. Economic recession. Well, the one thing we can say, you know, is that um, we will have 
We know the market goes up and we know the market, the market goes, goes down. down. <laughs> right. We can guarantee that. So you're going to have economic recessions. It's just part of the, the free market system. And these are things you really just kind of have to try to navigate and, and see ahead. Next one here is medical expenses. Again, this goes with the long-term care and inflation. As we get older, we start spending more for health care. We need to, you know, number one, be aware of it. And if you're, you're not worried about health care expenses in the future and you're a retiree, you better, better wake up and start paying attention. Not maximizing guaranteed income. And we talked about that a couple shows ago. Mm-hmm. Alpha, beta, now gamma. That's another show would be good to go listen to. But we'll, we'll talk about some of that. The last one here is income withdrawal strategy. And this is your financial plan. This is how are you, you've got the assets here. How are you going to take income off of it? And if you think it's going to be very simple of, you know, your 4% rule and it's going to last forever, you might want to rethink that strategy. So you got a lot of good information and we're just going to start with the top of the list and work our way down here. So uh, call us on 513-454-9999 on the requests. Uh, visit us at info at straight talk, clear decisions. If you got a question, we'll answer it on the air. We'll talk about, uh, you know, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, uh, straight talk, clear com is our website. You can link right to the show and has all kinds of neat stuff. And yeah, the website's got a lot of stuff, you know, go in there and spend some time. We've got a lot of free white papers, research reports, um, on the, on the website. We also have our schedule of events when we're talking. Um, the other thing is we do send out a, an e-newsletter once a week. Typically, it's on you know Wednesday at some point. Um, it's free. If you go to straighttalkcleardecisions.com on the left-hand side, I think you put your first name and your email address, and we hook you up to it. It's absolutely free. We tweet. Or uh, we Twitter. We tweet on Twitter. I think that's what they call it these what days. It, at retirement. <laughs> yeah, at yep. retirement, R-I-K. R-I-K. Uh, kind of clever. Um, and then, uh, of course, you know, inside that e-newsletter, there's a view that I write every week commentary on the market it shows up on our blog and then uh also there's a recipe of the week there's the financial headlines uh we do pull from our group the the debt research group and what we call the kind of the trends section and it talks about here's what happened in the market here's what it means to you um and you just go down the list we got a philosophical quote of the week health tip of the week green, green tip. tip golf tip we got our educational schedule on there we have a recipe of the week too Yep. Good stuff. All right. Well, listen, um, again, we're going to drill down on this topic today. Eight hidden risks that could destroy your retirement. And great topic. I think it's an eye-opening experience. You know, you don't want to miss these things because any one of these could be devastating and irreparable if we don't get them right. So we want to help enlighten you to make better decisions through a transparent wealth management process, which simply means you know what you're paying, you know why you're paying it, and you know what it's going to do for you. And if you don't know those three things... Guess what? Don't do it. Yeah, I think that's good advice. We're just going to scratch the surface. At the end of the show, we will have a free giveaway for... um for all, all listeners out there. So, you know, you know, pay attention and, you know, visit the website. we got all kinds of stuff out there for you. Well, you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate. And without, well, don't worry about it. The government will decide for you. 
The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Money is an awesome thing If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend-down into the veterans' benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 the three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me, the premiums can never go up, and oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Well, you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your transparent wealth management host, Rick Saylor. And Eric Hamburg. And so on this topic, Eric. I think this is a good one that, uh, and a good one to start with the beginning of the year. Eight hidden risks that could destroy your retirement, and any one of these. So let's kind of jump into these. We talked about longevity, higher taxes, inflation, long-term care, economic recession, medical expenses, not maxing bonds and guaranteed income, and an income withdrawal strategy. Yep, and we we know in the most careful and well thought out plans and preparation for retirement. It can easily fall apart due to an unexpected death, um, illness, a stock market crash, a pension plan that goes bankrupt. So there are going to be things that happen. This this plan has to be able to take this into consideration. We've got some kind of an outline, you know, here. That's a, a good thing. It's an overview. And according to the Society of Actuaries (SOA) in the United States, they identified fifteen post-retirement risks. Now, we say, you know, if you're, you're in retirement or near retirement, you know, these are important to look at. Now, it's not to say that, you know, if you're not close to it, you shouldn't pay attention to it. But some of these are going to kind of center and focus around folks that are kind of within that, what we call the red zone. Yep. Uh, the first one that I look at is, you know, employment risk. You know, a lot of retirees, Eric, are going to plan to supplement their income by continuing to work either part-time or full-time retirement. And I don't know that that's a bad idea because of, you know, I've taught that in that class that I do savvy wealth management strategies made simple. And, you know, that first part we do is ready to retire. We talk about the psychological, emotional, mental aspects. And I'm going to say from what I've drawn and grafted out of that program 
and uh, the group that contributed to that LifeScape, which we immensely appreciate with Bob Miller and Nancy Rees, um, that, you know, that's, that's an emotional transition that's huge. It's not just the financial aspects. In fact, that's one of the highest stress factors other than maybe divorce and remodeling your house yeah. when you're living in it. I can attest to that. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, the organizations, as we get this aging population, there's going to be a drop off in skills. And in fact, organizations prefer to hire older workers. Yeah, A, because of the stability, B, their life experience, but the success in the job market, with, you know, depends on the technical skills that they've acquired, you know, and it's not easy to, uh, you know, to, to just replace those. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big thing that, you know, working part-time is an alternative to working full-time employment or being part-time or part-time jobs, you know, they're easier to obtain. And we may be moving into that kind of economy. Yeah, and, you know, the, the ultimate question there is choosing, you know, what's that right point to retire and to maybe flip over to a part-time job? That's what the that's what the financial plan, you know, later retirement is an alternative to increased saving. But guess what? There's no certainty that the appropriate employment will be available to you upon your retirement. So, you know, this is why it's a plan. You don't start the plan a year before you want to retire. You start this plan years before you retire. So when that day comes, you, that transition is easy. You know, working part time is an alternative to full time. Um, and in today's economy, it might be a lot easier to find part time work than it is full time work. Yeah, so that kind of plays into this next one, longevity risk. Again, the, one of the biggest concerns among baby boomers, pre-retirees, retirees, running out of money before you run out of life. And I think that's a legitimate concern. We're living longer lives. In fact, I've heard that uh, the, the people are going to live to 150 are alive today. I don't know what the quality looks like in that. But um, I think I may have saw one of those movies. <laughs> But, you know, this is even a larger concern today is is the life expectancies have risen and not just the life expectancy is an average age with half of retirees living longer and a few living past age 100. So if you're not planning into your 90s, 30 years typically is the, is the rule. And you and I have done a lot of public speaking on that and looking again what happens to the cost of things over time we'll talk about later. Even and especially if you put in early retirement, let's say you go out of 55, well, now you've just added maybe five, six, seven, eight more years to that retirement. So longevity now becomes even possibly a bigger risk to you. So living longer, you know, adds a stress to possibly outliving. So maybe that first one, working part-time can help, you know, accomplish several things, keep you socially engaged, keep you contributing, and also mitigate some of the, uh, you know, some of the risk factors to that. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things that we found is those who are managing their own retirement funds over a lifetime – have to have to perform a difficult balancing act. This is assuming they understand the market and what's going on. Um, being cautious and spending too little might needlessly restrict your lifestyle, and spending too much increases the chance of running out of money. Now, Rick, I know we've everybody's always heard the four percent rule, but what are they really meaning when they talk about the four percent? Well, four percent was developed as a, a what they call a drawdown rate, and uh, it came out I don't know thirty years ago. And part of that work was the, the work, I believe, of William Sharp, uh, the Sharp Ratio. And uh, there was another gentleman involved. I think it was um, Harry Markowitz, you know, mod, the father of modern portfolio theory. And they kind of got together and developed that and, and said, hey, you could, it looks at us like you could take 4%. Well, then the 2000s, the decade of the 2000s came along where the 
the risk went inverted. Uh, inverted, where that you typically you're rewarded. That you know you've heard that rule: the the higher risk you take, the more you should be rewarded. But that decade was the worst in the history for stocks. And they didn't foresee that. So some of that where the losses were compounded by the fact that people were drawing. So when I think about that from a drawdown, let's, let's use in a story here because there was somebody, I won't mention their names, uh, but we, we saw them. Uh, they were very successful in the 90s before we saw them, had a construction business um, on the west side of Cincinnati. And, you know, they went through the 90s, had a couple million dollars, uh, went through the, the, the downturn in 2000 in the market, but they continued to draw. They were drawing 4% off their portfolio. Well, by the time we saw them in like 2006 or so, uh, they had only about $850,000 left. And their question walking in the door was, are we going to outlive our money? I said, if you don't change what you're doing, you are. So we put on a stringent diet, did a plan, told them what they could draw, put them into some, some financial tools that would kind of help monitor that. And we were using demographics and said, you know, we see a downturn coming in 2008. But every time I met with them, I, would, I just kept getting this thing from the wife. Well, why can't I have this, you know, this 4%, this $40,000, whatever drawn? And I said, you want to go live with your kids? And they said, no. And I said, well, that's where you're headed. If you, if you break off of this quote-unquote plan and diet, that's exactly what's probably going to happen to you. Well, in early 2008, we saw those numbers crossing the demographics trends we saw, a lot of volatility in the market. We said, look, it looks like the downturn. And at that point, we were talking about 50% that we thought was gonna, the market was going to shed, which it did, and then netted 30-something, 30 37 on the S&P. The parting words that I remember that, uh, that he said to me was, I just said, hey, please don't change this. We see a downturn coming later this year, and it looks like 50%. His last words to me were, I don't think that's going to happen. Never heard from him again. So, you know, I tell that story to say this is a story of somebody when a portfolio goes down, that does more damage to your portfolio than when it's up. And you should take from the winners. I know it says, hey, those are flying. You take from the winners because it does less damage to the portfolio. So that 4% rule, maybe in good economies and good markets, you can draw more. And where you've got down positions or down, you've got to take less. Yeah, so if you're, if you're drawing a flat rate, if you're doing 4% of a million bucks, that's 40000 a year. However, if that falls to half a million dollars and you're still withdrawing that same 40000 well, now you're withdrawing 8%. That's right. Which is, again, taking more, which is going to run you out of money a lot quicker. That's right. That's exactly a good point. So good point on that one. You know, one of the things I can help with that, though, is your, and a, a, your pension, if, you've, if, you're, if you have a pension through your employer, or annuities can help mitigate some of that risk because those are some tools that can provide lifetime for the rest of your life. In case you have that income stream now, there's, there's another side to that coin, and that's, we want to give you both sides of that. There are some disadvantages, including loss of control of your assets, loss of ability to leave money to heirs. And there's a cost factor to those. Yep. So we're not, uh, we're not annuity peddlers. You know, it's, it's, we think you know, if a tool works for one person one time, then you can't take it off the table. But you just want to be aware of these, particularly because these are coming into 401ks. You know, we're talking about the Quaylock, mm -hmm. you know, uh, qualified life longevity annuity contracts, you know, and I know it's not AFLAC. 
but um, the, you know, you're losing control over up to 25% of your assets and there's a stringent rules to these. So just be aware of those before you're going to see more on that if you have a 401k. Yep. Uh, so the next one, um, you know, that could be a big factor. We're going a little into the personal thing here. I know my, my mom experienced this with my dad was the death of a spouse. Pretty devastating. It is. And the death of a spouse, not just from the financial side, but, you know, it's um, the grief over spouse death, death or illness contributes to high rates of depression and suicide. A spouse death can lead to a reduction in pension benefits. So think of it this way. If one spouse has a pension and they mistakenly chose a life-only pension for themselves, they pass away, that the surviving spouse now doesn't get any of that pension. So the, the rest of their investable assets, if they're on Social Security, now that's what they're going to be dependent upon. So those pensions become very critical on when you choose how to receive that money and who gets it upon your death. And, and I think this is, this is the argument for life insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've had clients that, again, we've helped coordinate that in an overall financial plan, and, and uh, we did have a number of clients where that has occurred, and these assets are certainly welcome. It's not going to replace the spouse, you know, but it certainly uh, mitigates that impact, you know, lessens it. And then I'd also say, you know, have a have an estate plan. I mean, that can make a world of difference when they don't have to make all those crucial decisions and the, the stress of dealing with probate court. You know, we don't do that work. We have separate and unrelated, you know, companies and partners that do probate avoidance. And, you know, you can go through probate. You know, they tell us you're going to lose about 10% of your total estate value. That seems kind of like flushing money down the toilet. Um, you can be get a trust, but get, the, get, get the, the complete trust attorneys that not just set these things up, but they fund them, which means they move the assets in there. And it can make a, a whole world of difference when you don't have the, you know, the additional stresses of all the legalities. And consider this, you know, somebody... Maybe the spouse doesn't die right away. They have a stroke or something. They can't make those decisions. Well, somebody's got to make it. Yep. What if it's both of you? Yep. You know? Well, free tip of the day is if you have a trust and you don't know if it's funded or not, look at your statement. And if it doesn't say in trust of where it has your name and your address, That's if right. it just shows your name or your spouse's name and you don't see trustee or in trust of, guess what? More than likely it's not in your trust. You got a nice notebook and there's nothing in it. Yeah, they paid it's two like grand. an empty house. <laughs> yeah, there's no furniture. You got to put the accounts in there. It's called funding the trust. Well, this next one is certainly we see this sometime, and I guess on a coin toss, this this happens about fifty percent of the time to the marriages in our country. Now, it doesn't tend to be as high with uh, the baby boomers or the older, just what I'll call the senior generation. But I'm not saying that that can happen, and you got to be, you know, prepared that it could. Yep, and that's. Divorce or separation um, of uh, you know of of spouses because it doesn't just affect the financial picture for them. It also affects maybe some um, entitlements through the government or through their pensions that may one may or may not receive. Um, so it's it's knowing what can and can't happen before the decision comes. Well, you got to consider that you know splitting the marital assets is typically a fifty percent rule, and there's a loss in the standard of living for one or both. Yep. So I mean, it's a big impact. So. You know, call us, uh, call us, in, or get on the web and, and ask for the free white paper that we're going to put together on the on the show today. The eight risks, the hidden risks that could destroy your retirement. Uh, call us on the phone line five one three four five four ninety nine ninety nine, 
or go to straighttalkcleardecisions.com. You can request the e-newsletter. Um, a lot of, and we got a, a plethora of information in there, past shows, different topics on there. We shoot our show in video. So once it hits our compliance department, comes through and is cleaned up and you can see our, uh, our mugs. That's right. You know, what we look like here in Cincinnati and, uh, in the middle of winter. <laughs> you but, can also, if you have questions, shoot us an email at info at straighttalkcleardecisions.com. And in the last segment of our show, we'll answer those questions live. Or if you are following us on Twitter, um, you know, ask a question via that and we can address it towards the end of the show. Good, good, good stuff. Well, you know, I want to touch on this next one before we go to break. The unforeseen needs of family members. You know, we see this come up a lot. It's not just us in retirement or pre-retired retirees. How about your parents? How about your kids, your grandkids, siblings? I mean, any of these things. And it could be, Eric, it could be a change in health, employment, marital status of any of these. And I think this is an ongoing narrative that we have, or conversation with our clients, that, well, you know, i got this kid that, that needs the help. You know, and I, I can't ignore him. And, you know, I'm not opposed to that because, you know, that's kind of like you, you get doing your giving while you're living. Mm-hmm. That way you're knowing where it's going and you're really seeing somebody benefit. Why Why just give it to them after you're gone if you can afford this? But know that you can't afford it. Yeah. Don't put yourself in jeopardy. It's kind of like being on an airplane and they say, uh, you know, when the, when the oxygen masks drop, what do they say? Put, put yours, yours on, on first, first and then help those around you. So make sure you're in good shape and know where you stand with a comprehensive financial plan that's uh, intuitive you know, it's dynamic and it's integrated, so it's pulling your account feeds and, and telling you on a regular basis, are you on track or are you off track? Yeah, because if, if you know, if, you're, if, if you've got exposable income, you know, that might be, you might, it might be a luxury. You might be able to do that, but if you don't know if you've got exposable income, um, it's just something to pay attention to and don't just give away money. Unless you want to see your standard of living possibly go backwards, then you can stay on that same track. But a lot of retirees, they retire to watch their standard of living increase or to have more fun, whether that's playing with kids, traveling, gardening. Um, So it's, you know, doing that plan, seeing what's exposable and what's expendable, and that's how you can make your decision. Exactly. I think you mentioned education Mm -hmm. for the kids and the grandkids. I know that's near and dear to my heart. You know, that's you're you're helping the next generation to to potentially be more successful, give them a a better fighting chance. So when we come back, we're going to talk about several other of these uh, risks you know, uh, to our retirement, you know, we've talked about a number of these already, longevity. Uh, we've talked about some of the, the economic needs and medical needs, uh, you know, some of these impacts. So we're going to continue on with this subject. Well, you're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your hosts, Rick and Eric. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Money is an awesome thing if you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, have you heard about the new long-term care alternatives? Many of you may know how I managed my mother's care and I took her through her money in the spend down into the veterans benefits. My father was a two-time Korean War vet and right into the Medicaid. She started out at $2,700 a month in assisted living, and at the end of her life, two years later, it was over 8000 
The three concerns I hear the most about long-term care insurance protection is that it's expensive, the premiums are rising, and I may never use it. Well, why don't you try what I did? I bought a life insurance long-term care. They can't cancel me, the premiums can never go up, and oh yeah, I can spend that death benefit before I die, if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. Be sure and ask your advisor today. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Money is an awesome thing. If you know how to handle it, the joy it brings. Hey, what about estate planning? An up-to-date will guarantees you're going to go through probate. And without, well, don't worry about it. The government will decide for you. The three enemies to an estate today are number one, the federal inheritance tax, two, probate, and number three, income tax. So your choices here are you can give all your money away. That might not be any fun. You may need it. Or you can create a trust to hold those assets. And remember, you don't have to own the assets to enjoy the benefits. So a revocable living trust can help avoid the expenses and costly delays of probate, and along with a living will, power of attorney, durable health care power of attorney. So be sure and ask about our attorney partners today for a free consultation. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Money is an awesome thing if you know joy it brings well you're listening to the straight talk clear decisions radio show with your transparent wealth management host rick sailor and eric hamburg so eric on this topic eight hidden risks that could destroy your retirement we're heading down the home stretch here and not to say the last you know are going to be the least i think they're you know they're all equally as important and we got to weigh out the risk but what's the next one here next one here is health care and housing risk so this is unexpected health care needs and costs and unexpected health care needs and costs. They're a major concern, and they should be for many retirees, you know, looking at prescription drugs, um, the health care in, in general, long-term care, the costs of it, where you, can get your, where you can get the assistance. Do you have to be in a facility? Can they come to your home? It's something that you have to be aware of because the Society of Actuaries, the SOA, says that health care costs can be mitigated to some extent by committing to a healthy lifestyle that includes eating right, exercising, and using preventative care. In addition, long-term care insurance can pay for the cost of caring. And we're not here to say get, you know, long-term care insurance or don't get it. But you, if you don't have it, you have to expect, you know, I know earlier in the show we mentioned you could easily spend a quarter of a million dollars on health care costs alone. So if you want to self-insure, you make better just make sure you've got that money set aside to cover that. Exactly. So, on that topic, you know, the longer we live, again, the longer life that we live, lifespan, long-term care is one of the most vexing risks to factor into the financial plan, according to most advisors. You know, people reaching the age of 65, Eric, have a 7 in 10, 70% likelihood that eventually you'll need help with the basic tasks of daily living, like bathing, eating, clothing, you know, those kinds of things. I saw that happen with my mom. Um you know, and the likelihood that that's going to happen, it's, it's important to understand that Medicare doesn't cover this type of custodial care, and it can be enormously expensive. So as you said, looking at the median national cost of a private nursing home, 
can run nationally right now about eighty-seven, almost eight thousand dollars a year in today's dollars, according to Genworth. And in some parts of the country, it's already mature. So providing in the home, custodial care costs around twenty dollars an hour, um, and that's in today's dollars. So I mean, again, I saw that. I went through that with my mother. And one of the things that I can say is, is, is Eric had mentioned, you know, look at the long-term care because it doesn't cost you anything to look. We don't handle this type of stuff, but we have partners in the firm here do that. But, but check with somebody who's a competent provider of those types of policies. You know, I like to summarize it like this. You know, we've got basically two types of coverage. You've got the, the traditional use it or lose it. You're going to get a fixed amount of benefits and you can get cost of living and all those things to it. On the other side of that, uh, these typically partner in the state programs. They have a partnership program. I know we do here in Ohio that if you buy whatever amount of coverage, if you buy $300,000, then that spend down amount is increased. You can keep 300,000 of your assets instead of like a single person is allowed one house, one car and $1,500 couples allowed like 115 or something. But, um, Again, and there's you get into elder law and some strategies and, and, and how to pool trusts and things, but there's rules to all that. But I look at this and say from a strategizing standpoint, I know I personally bought the new form of life insurance, which is the other approach. I bought a million dollars if I'm critically, chronically, or terminally ill. And, of course, the rules to this are – they're all different, so, again, I'm generalizing. And underwritten. Underwritten, both for mortality and morbidity, the fact that death will occur – and when it will occur, and that the morbidity is the risk of these types of disability, uh, what do I say? Coming to fruition, yeah. happening. So I bought a million dollars. I can use up to 24% of the face amount should I need that, and if I just die, then it passes on tax-free. So, I mean, there's a lot of innovation that's happened in the insurance industry. There's no excuse not to have that. You know, and if you don't, you say, hey, I just don't like insurance. Well, then, you know, cancel all your insurance and self, self-insure. I know in my mom's case, it started out at about $2,400 a month four years ago because she's been gone now three years uh, in assisted living. Somewhere in the middle, we had moved her up to another facility because of the dementia. She walked out of the first one, um, and that one was about 4000 And in the end, you know, she was at $8,000 a month in a full care facility. So, I mean, you can burn – and you consider a husband or wife. Now, my dad had already passed. Mm-hmm. You know, seven years, two months, and 28 days for my mom. Talk about some averages. Because they say a woman will live eight years longer than a man. And my mom had, I mean, go figure. All the, you, you knew that. Mm-hmm. Had the, the triple bypass in 94. She had the stents. She had the smoked until 2006 and still outlived him. So, I mean, you look at all those factors, but there's a lot of things to consider. And, and having the, the right kind of coverage you know, just makes sense. I mean, go visit, look at it. If you got questions, call us. Mm-hmm. Cardinal, we'll give you we'll give you a free opinion on that or what we know about it. Five one three four five four ninety nine ninety nine, or you know, visit us. Shoot us an email, and we'll we'll do what we can to help you uh, understand that. Now, this next two kind of kind of go hand in hand with that topic. Yep, change in housing needs and lack of available facilities or caregivers. So the housing needs, you know, this is something we've been talking about for some time now. The older you get, if you've got a big two, three-story home, you might not be able to get around that home. So looking from at a, you know, from an investment standpoint, that house, if you can't take care of it, 
You might want to think about sooner rather than later about selling and moving to a place where you can live out the rest of your life, whether that's no steps or one floor, or maybe that's moving into a facility where you don't have to worry about taking care of the roof or cutting the grass or doing doing the gardening. But, you know, from a housing standpoint, that house can be a great investment for you. It could also be a demise for some people because they can't afford to take care of it. They can't live in their own home because of what's happening to their health. Because you're transitioning. Now, this next one's an interesting one, the lack of available facilities and caregivers. So consider the fact that even though you could pay for it, the facilities and caregivers may not even be available for acute or long-term care. The waiting lists. Yes, yeah, so you think about critical care. I mean, you're going to be in a facility. That's what happened with my mom. You know, chronic or terminal, uh, you know, bring those services to me. That's what I'm thinking about with the kind of policy I got. Because, but what if they're not available? You got 92 million baby boomers. And think of that like a train. The people born in 1932, now this year, happy early birthday to you, turning 83. That's the engine of the train and becoming the peak users of healthcare. The tail end of the 51-year-olds. Now, as my wife will attest, you know, she says she's falling apart. I think she looks pretty darn good. But, I mean, in the last few years, she's had more, you know, she had to get dental care. She's got an issue right now with her foot that needs to be operated on. Um, you know, I've noticed that I'm getting more health care things. I'll be 54 in, you know, March. 54 years young, fighting the fight. But I know. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at that and look, do you want to be in line behind 92 million people. I mean, you got to paint this in a way so that you can get the care you need. Yep. Let's talk about financial risks here. Let's round this thing out. The first, you know, one of the financial risks, as we mentioned before, is inflation. So if you're a retiree, you need to plan on living at least 30 years into retirement. So if you don't have a plan to, you know, we always say double or triple your income in retirement, you have a very good chance of running out of money. Just think of it for, you know, a couple things we need to live every day. A house. In Butler County, 30 years ago, it was about 86000 was the average house. You look at it today in Ohio, in Butler County, Ohio, it's about 250000 for that house. Bread, I can't remember bread. I think it was like $0.62 cents a loaf. Today, that same bread's about $3. So you have to have a plan where you don't just have a flat income for the rest of your life, but that your income has the, the, the chance and probability of rising with the cost of living. Because if you don't, you know, if you're if you're on fixed income, we call it fixed fixed income on the installment plan is suicide because you are not going your money is not going to keep up with the cost of living. The purchase right now, we're seeing a reverse of that in gas right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to you know, oil's gone what by fifty percent? Yeah. Or more sixty. One oh seven to forty six. Yeah. yeah. So right now we're seeing the reverse, but let's not uh, you know, the the reverse of that, but let's not kid ourselves. We know you know, with a couple things, factors in play, you can go right back up to 100. Yep. Uh, so let's look at some of the other financial risks. You touched inflation. Let's talk about interest rate risk. Now, we're seeing that right now because, you know, we're in a zero interest rate economy. Now, we expect and anticipate the Fed is going to raise interest rates this year. We just don't see it happening quickly. So until you have consumptive, let's, let's say demand-driven inflation, because people want the goods and services on a level that, you know, it's supply and demand. And it's going to drive the price up. We don't see that really for four years, five years until your generation turns 46 and they begin a, a, a demand cycle again, if you will. So we're probably going to be in for this period of time where interest rates are going to remain low. And you got to consider that. Like if you say, hey, you're looking at annuities, 
you know, annuities yield less than income typically. And long, long, they don't keep up with inflation, and that's a danger there. And the purchase power. People a lot of times are happy if they got their money. Well, it's more than principal. Yeah. Let's give a dollar. Well, great. That dollar might get you half a cheeseburger instead of the full cheeseburger. There you go. I don't know if they're selling half <laughs> cheeseburgers. Not if they do. I don't want Of course, one. you always you always have the stock market risk factor. That's just one of the things, but it seems to be the predominant one, isn't it? It is. Right now, we're seeing a market that's trading kind of down or flat. Yeah, we do know the market's going to go up. We do know the market's going to go down. So it's it's having realistic expectations of returns and how you can draw income off of it. It's not just assuming you know the market's going to make eight percent for the rest of your life. It's you know being realistic with yourself. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that again, make sure that in, when you're looking at income, you're taking from winners and not losers. Yeah, you know because it ha- it can have a, a less of an impact, negative impact on your portfolio because you're you don't want to be eating the goose that lays the golden eggs. Which you know that's why we like portfolios for dividends. You know, even though you get fluctuation in the in the capital position, the stock itself, if it's in something that people have to have, demand-driven stuff, you know, just say, hey, I'm going to wait this out. And, and a lot of it has to do, because I know we, only have, we don't have that much time left, but sequence of returns, meaning you don't want to start out in the hole. If you retire in the first couple of years, your portfolio loses money. Well, now, now you got to make a lot more just to get back to where you started. So it's not just about making money. It's also about keeping what you have when the market does, you know, turned down or correct. Let's talk about business risk. These are some things we've seen happen in this last downturn and actually were predicted in demographics. And that's the fact that pension funds can go under. Yep. You know, it's you know, a lot of people think, well, we'll be getting pennies on the dollar. Pencils. Happened in the airline industry, happened in General Motors. Yeah. So it's, we saw some big companies go down. Yeah. It, it, and it's common. It's not going away anytime soon. That's why we're also seeing a lot of companies get out of the def- defined benefit plan. Think more. of that like a definite benefit. And that's why I, I think these Quaylock annuities are coming into the 401ks because that's a contribution-based plan. Yep. Now, here's another one that I think is really, you know, always on the, uh, you got the, uh, what do you want to say, the politics. So you got public policy risk. You know, government, you expect this to change, you know, is going to affect the position of retirees. And a lot of times these come over and they have long-lasting impacts. The Affordable Care Act is the unaffordable Affordable Care Act appears to be, uh, is having some far-reaching implications here. And I think of things like Social Security. Do I think it's going to be here? Yes. Do I know what we're going to get to keep? No, I don't. Yep. But I think politically it can't. They can't afford for it to go under. But smart planning, again, involves – and go check our video out on our website, Straight Talk Clear Decisions, on that topic because we, of course, don't have time to go on that. We will revisit that again. But uh, that's huge. Yep. Because that's a game changer by waiting, working a little longer, maybe to 70, wait until Social Security at 70. I mean, you between somebody born between 1943 and 1954, your full age is 66. You wait. You go at 62 versus age 70. There is a 57% difference for life, not counting the COLAs, which have averaged 2.8% since, what, 1951? Yep. So, I mean, these are huge things in the world of planning. Yeah, so, you know, even the best retirement plans can fail with unexpected results. However, understanding what the potential post-retirement risks are and considering them in retirement planning stage can help to ensure they are mitigated and properly managed. Again, going back, start planning years before you retire, years before retirement, because then you can start saving and planning for those unknowns that I can tell you will happen. We just don't know when and we don't know what it's going to be. Well, I'll throw this one in because this affects me because, you know, because of the brain's cortex predominance through much of adulthood, we get better and better at investing until we hit our mid-50s, and then we begin to slow in an inexorable decline. So 
I mean, as we get older, you know, our ability to process, you know, deteriorates sharply. So you start getting your 70s and everything else. So that's something to keep in mind. And, of course, that's why you're here. You're 30? 30. 30 years young. I'm 53. I'll be 54. So still going strong. But, I mean, those are things when you're looking at who's managing your money, just be aware that those things come into play. Well, we thank you for enjoying us, uh, joining us on the show, and be sure and request our white paper, Eight Hidden Risks That Could Destroy Your Retirement, absolutely free. Go to our website, Straight Talk Clear Decisions. You're listening to the Straight Talk Clear Decisions radio show with your hosts, Rick Saylor and Eric Hamburg. Your life. 